TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Um, boys, put down your utensils. I want to talk to you about something real quick. If there's anything that you want to talk about, any kind of secrets, now's the time to put it on the table, okay? And if you tell me, we're not going to be mad. This is Dirt and Sprague. I went to the petting zoo and I I let the goat like my brother. Well, oh, honey, promise you wouldn't get mad, okay? They're just they're being honest. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. One time I put a firefly on my butt. Why? To make my farts glow. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I touch myself to Drew Carey on the past right? God. Okay, that's enough. Stop, please. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey app, YouTube.com. Thanks for hanging with us this morning. Uh, we have no problem. That. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. There we go. Ticket giveaway in the final hour of the radio program. We'll uh, give you a heads up on that. Some of you ones might know what that's going to be, but we'll uh, give you a heads up on that when we get there. Ken Barkley will join us an hour from right now of You Better You Bet, our uh, BetQL Odyssey gambling insider. Joins us every Thursday at 8, unless he's on vacation or sick. And at 7.30, so in about a half hour from now, Ryan Clark of OregonLive.com will hop on and we'll talk a little Timbers, we'll talk a little Ducks, and uh, it'll be nice to have Ryan Clark on the show. You can reach the show as well at the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. They shoot you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them for more info at VancouverFord.com. Um, not shocking to anybody that's been following, but in a stunning event, the college football powers that be have met, and while they just agreed to the 5-plus-7 model, and this is going to be year one of the 12-team playoff, get ready. The 12-team playoff may be going away. According to Pete Thamel, many BCS were involved in the conversation yesterday when they met about expanding the playoff to 14 teams. 
this has set off a bit of a wave. A lot of people uh, chiming in that they don't like this. How can you expand to 14? You haven't even done 12 yet. Shouldn't you want to know what that looks like? That'd be where my argument is. And 14 is a lot of Petiti Sankey saying, how many auto bids can our conferences get out of the 14, which it's going to be a race to get as many as they possibly can. And here we are, college football throwing up all over itself and already wanting to expand from something they haven't even done yet. I put a poll question on this. Uh, which playoff do you prefer, the 4, the 12, the 14, or do you just want to get to the number that Petiti wants to get to, which he probably will, 16? Where where are we at with college football right when you think, okay, maybe let's let this settle and breathe for a minute? They step right up and say, let's just change what we haven't even started yet. I'm fully on board with the thought that you haven't done 12. How can you even talk about 14? And if you are talking about 14, don't make it public. I am also on board with the conversation that... The fact that it went public tells me that this is pretty damn close to happening. Yeah. And the I am also on board with the fact that the reason you want 14 instead of 12 is those two extra slots are Big Ten SEC. That's all it is. That's a, that's a five-loss SEC team sneaking their way into the playoff. The biggest thing that this says to me, this is really scary for college football in the sense that they it's like Skynet has become aware. They are now aware of how much power they have, and they are very close to teetering on abusing it too much. Oh, you to think the they're point, teetering on to it? To the point of... I'd argue they're the in it. To the point of hurting it. Oh, I think they're in it. I, but I think they're getting closer... They destroyed and, a conference. Under, <laughs> understood. And that, and now they know they have that much power that they're kind of saying, how far can we push this? And it might be going too far. Yeah, I could play devil's advocate with this because I remember when baseball expanded their wild card and I heard... Baseball purists, baseball diehards, people like yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. I don't like this. This well, is I, not. I hated the one game playoff. Oh, I've never liked the one game playoff. The one game playoff was a joke. You don't play one game in anything no. in the season. I didn't understand why it was playoffs, but I remember that. And the counterpoint was pretty easy to me. You're including more fan bases. Like, why would you not want more fan bases to care a little bit in August, September, October? I, I saw the positive side of that. Now, if you're a baseball purist, maybe you still sit and you're like, oh, extra wild card teams. Maybe you still don't like it, and that's fine. But as a sports fan, to me, who's not a baseball diehard, mm -hmm. it was an easy like, hey, you get to include two more fan bases? That seems like a good win. This is doing that, but is it doing too many? 14, if it goes from 12 to 14 in 2026... That's what it's reported by Pete Thamel, that if it's 14, they're going to implement it in 26. That means we're going to get two years of 12, and 12 might end up being perfect, but they're still going to move to 14. And then in three years, go to 16. Probably. whatever. However they want to negotiate and figure that out, yes, that wouldn't shock me. Petiti's already been on the record with wanting 16. Leach, once upon a time, said, move it to 32 or 64. <laughs> Let's just do an NCAA tournament. And listeners jokingly had fun with that yesterday on Twitter, but... The counterpoint to baseball was easy. This might be, are you going too far? Are, are, do you really have, can the 14th ranked team actually pull an upset off? Right. 
Nobody will pick that. No. So what's the point? Right. Like, I think, so the the new format of baseball wild card, they're like play-in games, right? The NBA now has play-in games, right? Yeah. Those are exciting. Mm -hmm. Now, baseball gets away with once you get out of the playoff, uh, of a play-in game, the first-round matchups are still pretty good. And baseball, anybody can win baseball games. That's why the extra wild card didn't, I think, I didn't think it was a problem. I didn't think it was a problem either. In the NBA, we have seen the play-in games be wildly entertaining. Last year was fun. Mm -hmm. Last year's games were fun. The Heat were four minutes away from losing to the Bulls at home, and then they beat the Bucs. Exactly. The biggest upset in NBA history. Exactly. But that's not going to happen every year. And largely, 95% of the time, first-round NBA playoffs is unwatchable. I I don't disagree with you. I still... And this isn't bashing NBA. This is just no, saying no, no, the but playing game was great. Yeah. So if you see, so if like thirteen and four or twelve and thirteen play each other to get in, you know, sure to be the last one into college football playoff, that would be cool. But that twelve versus one or the twelve versus five, whatever the buy situation is, that's not going to be a good game. And so you like you start off on a high note to kind of. You know, it's like if you have a great game between two 16 seeds and it goes down to a buzzer beater, you're like, that was awesome. And you get Duke. What's funny is like 14, 16. And I know that Petiti and Sankey would be pushing super hard to like, hey, we have to have X amount of auto bids if we're going to agree to this. And you're going to get everybody else, your mark, uh, Phillips, who would, would, you know, all the group of five commissioners, which would include Teresa Gould and the, the pack two, they would object to that. And that's maybe where, you know, the fork in the road, hey, we're going to go do our own thing. You guys go do your You're own thing. You're almost setting it up. You're splitting the sport apart. You know that people are going to have so much backlash against it that it kind of shows your justification for breaking it up. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, you would have. The, yeah. You're like, look, we tried to make it work. You yes. guys aren't on board. Yeah. We're out of here. It's the married Don't blame couple. Me. Yes. It's the married couple that should get divorced, but one of them's openly cheating because they know the marriage is over, but they right. just won't file for divorce. Okay. Oh, see, I I was in the right here. We got divorced. That might be what they're angling for. But even if you got to 16, that would actually benefit teams like Washington State and Oregon State. It 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 would be very hard. I'm still hard pressed to say I think you damn near have to be undefeated one of those schools right. to get in because I think they're going to value the Big 10, the Big 12 and the SEC more. But even saying all of that, it it still feels like it feels like you're making people. This is what's funny. It's like that old saying, history repeats itself. I felt like yesterday reading people's reactions, and it's social media, but reading the reactions to, hey, we're going to go from 12 to 14 already, it felt like people were already like hearkening back to BCS. <laughs> can we just have two? And then can we start caring about these bowl games that we used to care about? <laughs> like people go, hey, I remember the Rose Bowl with the Big Ten. I in said the it yesterday. Like I that's know. what it was well, every people year. People forget though when we hearken back to the days of remember when bowl games were special. It's because there were only about seventeen of them. Yeah, not forty two. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're not a gallerifurniture.com guy. No, no, but 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 you know what? You're right here. Pool on weed eater bowl. Or and whatever. I'm being serious. Washington beating Texas in, was it the Sugar Bowl, right? It was yeah. in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. 
That's a big deal. That's a big deal. In in any other point in my life, Sugar Bowl is huge. That's a massive. Deal. Jonathan Smith in the Fiesta Bowl. Joey Harrington in the Fiesta Bowl. Yes. Gardner Minshew in the Fiesta Bowl. These are quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Some of them won. Some of them lost. Sure. Fiesta Bowl is a big deal. And 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 winning winning a bowl game like the Fiesta, like the Sugar, like yeah, they lost the title game to Michigan. So what? Give them a parade. They won the damn yeah. Sugar Bowl, and they beat Texas. That's an awesome win. And they don't care. Yes. Nobody else cares. And then the fans are like, well, that's not enough. We needed the natty. And I know uh, there are a lot of Husky fans that do care about that, but there's also a lot that go, did we get the natty, though? Yeah, no, no we, we didn't. didn't. We lost. We lost to that cheating Harbaugh. And you don't you don't throw parades for second no. place. So, no. like, we college football, Pate's highlighted this. I disagree with Pate on a lot of elements of college football. But where he's nailed it is, you have lost what has made you special. Mm -hmm. You killed a conference last year. You're about to kill another one. You're probably going to kill another one as my phone's going off. Nicely done, dude. My kid's going to school, so I got the ring update. Um, you're, you're You're killing it at the same moment that you're growing it. It is a wild thing to watch in real time. That they are destroying the the reasons that we love the sport as it continues to get bigger and more eyeballs are getting in front of it. It's a really weird thing to say, I think it's broken. And yet, numbers suggest it's, it's not. not. It's gotten all. bigger. Yeah. And I would actually argue that 16 is better than 14. Yeah. I would do the jump from I don't, 12 to 16. Whatever you get to get to and live with it, my thing is, uh, the part I have, don't two conferences shouldn't be guaranteed all those slots. Right. But they're the biggest conferences. They make the most money from these media. They make the most money, but it doesn't mean they're... What access are, is the bigger deal for me than what the final number of teams is. But, what, what are teams five and six in the Big Ten? Like, we're going to get, like, Illinois in on a random year. Yeah, I believe uh, get Minnesota in yes. random year. Unless there's some sort of threshold of okay, we'll take up to four from you, but you have to have ten wins or something like that where you're legitimate. Yeah, you have to have six to get into a bowl. Why can't we do something like that? Exactly. The SEC is an easy one, right? The SEC is easy. Bama, They're deep. Georgia, LSU, Auburn in any given year, Florida Ole in Miss, any given year, Florida if Tennessee. they have the right coach, Tennessee with Kentucky. But are they? South Carolina. The other thing is they all have to play. (laughs) Clemson when they come. They all have to play a similar style of non-conference or of of regular season schedule. We're still not doing that. We're still not doing that. The SEC plays eight. The Big Ten plays nine. Yes. They have to come together on how they're going to structure their regular season schedule. Uh, You have to get rid in, in order to to justify automatic bids to that degree. Then you have to agree that you can't. All your non-conference games are pretty much against the the other, you know, the, the other Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Big Twelve. There, there's want, no Sun Belt teams the week before your rivalry game. And if anymore. you want a Sun Belt team, that's your that's your week zero. Your week zero, week one. <clears throat> well, Notre Dame, I I didn't, I just forgot to mention this yesterday, but like. Notre Dame gets an advantage, actually, in this. I know everybody was like, no, they don't, man. They don't have a conference, so they can never be a top-four team. Okay, cool. They also aren't technically in a conference, but they basically get to use one like a hooker, and they don't play a conference title game. Yeah. So they get multiple buys in a season when other teams don't. Right. So, like, boo-hoo, Notre Dame. And, and they have built- Shut up and deal with the things you have. And 
You don't want to be in a conference, you get punished for that. You also don't play a conference title game. You should be punished for that. And they have built-in games, traditional games, that can give you status. Now, Stanford's really down, but Stanford used to not be down. Well, those were good games. And USC, when, yeah. like, sure. you've got games built There's, in. You play yes. Michigan, you play Penn State. I'm not mad at their schedule. Right, right. Their schedules, I've always given them credit. <clears throat> their schedule, including the non-conference, but is I'm with good. you. Go cry wolf somewhere else. You mad about this, then do something but about it. But you don't it. want to be in a conference, but you want to use a conference for the shielding of a conference. You want to play by your rules, yeah. but you want their rules to, to adapt it's to you. Ridiculous. You know, get over yourself. Um, Plus, Notre Dame football doesn't mean anything in the last 20 years, let's be real. Well, no, that's not true either. They've been good. They've been good. They've been to the playoff a few times, and, and they gotten, won a title game. And gotten blown out every time. Has your team been there? My team hasn't been there. No, fair. Oregon's only been there a couple fair, times, but too. I get blown out in that game, too. I've always said this. I would have rather been the year Oklahoma got stomped by that LSU team, the greatest mm-hmm. college football team I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I said it that year. You would rather, and that that, that back then, what year was that, 19? Yeah. That showed you in the moment how broken that sport had become. I was saying out loud, you rather go to the playoff and get stomped by LSU than go win a Rose Bowl. Huskies tell me that every time. They're like, we've been to the playoff twice. What do we care? It does yeah. Well, because yep. it's a brag point of yep. like, we got to that final. We got four. there better than you. Yes, because nobody cares about these other bowl games if they're not playoff games. How you got here is pretty easy, and the guy to fix it might be available. No leadership. Next on the fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Ryan Clark of the Oregonian will join us at 7.30. We'll talk. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm probably going to kick off the interview. I'm curious what he makes of this. This situation of college football of a growing sport while it's broken is interesting to me. We all bitched and moaned about the All-Star game. And then the NBA said, or and all these networks said, we had more people watch this year than last year. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess the TikTok crowd got excited for no defense. Your microphone's not on there. Excuse me while I go F myself. The red light the red light. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done this before? First time, first time. Yeah, first time, long first time. First time, long time. <laughs> About okay. five, six, 245. Adam Schefter. Um, not really. I don't cite him too much unless it's like breaking NFL news. I find him to be a, a corporate shill. But he, I thought he had a really good point here. He, he reported that USC's running back coach, Keel McDonald, is heading to the Chargers with Harbaugh to do okay. the same job. Okay. And I've noticed this, too, so I was glad he tweeted this out. 
He said a trend that has emerged this winter, uh, this winter, many college coaches are tired of the portal, the NIL money and the new NCAA world and would prefer to work in the NFL. I know Bill O'Brien just bounced from Ohio State to, to BC and he stayed in college football, but Schefter's right here. There's a lot of position coaches that are jumping ship and getting the hell out of it. I don't know how you navigate this world. This sport's broken, and I think when we debate these, is it 14? Is it 16? Do we go back to four? Should we let the computers do it and get to two? Wherever you're at on that argument, what we can all agree on, I don't think this is even debatable. What we're seeing in that sport is no leadership. No. They have there, there hasn't no been ever really real leadership. They can't. They're they're commissioned by five people. Yeah. And then they allow like group of five people to be in the room, but they don't really care about their voices. And then it's the networks. So it's eight people plus some committee members plus some network heads. And that's what's running the sport. It is a broken sport because they don't have clear and fundamental leadership. Sankey thinks he's the guy. And largely you could say he's the guy of the guys, but he's not the guy guy. Uh, Petiti is also in this category because mm-hmm. the Big Ten and the SEC are the biggest of dogs. Sure. But they're suffering from no leadership. And I said this when he announced it, and I'm going to say it again. If this man chooses to really lock in the way he did as a coach in his next profession, even though he's old, he can be one of the best. This sport, and I cannot believe I'm saying this out loud, Nick Saban needs to be the college football czar. Nick Saban needs to fix this sport. Nick Saban knows, and I actually believe this, I think Nick Saban would do what is right by the sport. He got out of it because, well, he wasn't feeling it as much at his age. He also talked about having to recruit his own roster every year, yep. dealing with the NIL stuff, and just the ever-changing landscape of the sport. It even got to him eventually. But he still wants to be attached to it. He chimed in this morning. Uh, it's basically acknowledging what we're talking about. It is a broken situation. Saying they're don't they're not called student athletes. They're not student athletes anymore, and he's not wrong there. And I argue they haven't been for a long, long time. But now that the money's public, we know it. Right. I you need leadership. If there's anything I have learned through watching this, as much as I love this sport, and I love it, mm-hmm. I talk about it probably too much for people. They are suffering from no leadership, and you see it every time they meet. Yeah, I think, I think one. I, I I love I love that idea. I I absolutely do. And we were talking about Calipari last last hour in how he's looked back on, and he embraced the one and done, kind of really pushed the one and done, but then all of a sudden couldn't keep up with it. The argument for Saban is the opposite. Is Saban did it the old way? He did it the hush hush way, and he did it the legit way. Like he's won at all stages. He's won natties at all stages, dealt with all the different, whether it's BCS or college football playoff four teams or whatever it's going to be. He's dealt with all of it, and he's won. He's had to recruit his own roster. He's had number one recruiting classes. He has seen it all, and if you're going to have, if you need somebody that's seen it all, do it, because right now, this is where I think kind of Sankey and Petiti, this is where it gets kind of fishy. They're going into no man's land. They're going into a world that they don't know yet. You know, they want seven of their seven teams in each of their conference to get in. What happens on the year where their conference is very, very top heavy? Well, that I mean, that's been the Big Ten, though. Right? People don't want to say that out loud. That's been the Big Ten for some time now. You've had Michigan, 
and Ohio State. And yeah, you've had you a get couple Penn State flirts, Wisconsin eh, flirts. Yeah, and, Michigan State might flirt, right? Like, but like those are coming and going. They're not consistent enough. Penn State's been a good program, like, but Franklin can't win this big game. And you look at his record, and I, I said this year that them and Washington were kind of neck and neck. Penn State's schedule, they take care of the Patsies, they can't win. They're like uh, that in-between player who's kind of too good for the G League, right? but not quite an NBA guy. And he's like stuck in this sports purgatory. Right. That's kind of what Penn State's been. And so what's it, what, what is the Big Ten going to do when they push this to 14 to try to get seven teams in, six teams in, and they get three teams in, and the Big 12 is like, huh, we snuck five teams in this year. Boy, that's going to piss them off real bad, and it ain't nobody's fault but yours. Swag, if if I gave you an opportunity to hire Nick Saban as the czar, the Goodell, the Adam Silver, do you think he would do a good job? Is that somebody yes. you'd like? Yeah. I, I think he genuinely cares for, appreciates the history of the sport. He was in all sorts of different – he coached his way up, just like a lot of guys did. Um, several different stops along the way, small colleges into bigger colleges and eventually the biggest one. Um, but he, I think, as much as anybody would do things and make decisions what he genuinely thought was best for the sport overall. And and to, to your point, Sprague, earlier you were talking about how it's sexier for guys to leave college and go to the NFL. That's why Harbaugh's gone. That's why Saban's gone. You know, I don't think Herb's coming back. Oh, like no, these, that's like the, like these sold. old guys. Like they're done. They're gone. This is a Dan Lanning type game now because they're young enough to grow up in the. We know everybody's getting the McDonald's bag. We know how this works, and they are more down to do that grind. Well, the old guys like doing it behind the scenes. They don't like being exposed, and so. I think you need, as these young guys are going to infiltrate and get higher up in the ranks and start winning natties and stuff like that, you need somebody that kind of understood how you got here to be on top. I think the tough thing with that, though, is like you mentioned Dan Lanning. He's a good mm -hmm. example locally. He's recruiting at an elite level. Mm -hmm. He's wired for it. He's younger. He's got the money. Obviously, that helps. But he's embraced the NIL well, to but, where all these older dudes are like, man, I hate this. Yeah. Yes. Some of the older people are getting out of the game. But to me, it's not just age. It's it's your collectives, right? It's it's yeah. not only are you recruiting other players on other teams, high school players, and your own roster. You also have to be internally saying, "Is our NIL collective together enough? Is right. is, is is are we organized?" Like to to say out loud to you guys, you know, Louisville's collective is better than Florida's. That's you, insane. It's You're lying. nuts. No, it is. They are more organized and structured at Louisville for their for NIL all, for, portal for stuff. For all athletics. For the NIL collective, they are more together That's insane. than Florida. That's insane. You've seen it. Louisville's come up. They get to their title game. Florida, they're in the dumps. Yeah. They're in the middle of the bottom of the barrel of the SEC, and that's a school I grew up seeing nothing but success with. And they with. just hit the rankings in college basketball and lost last night. That's not It's not just a... A, a coaching thing. Coaching is a massive part of that. I'm not trying to downplay it, right. but that is another part of this world is, yeah. hey, do we have our S together in this department? Because if we don't, this other school is going to kick our ass and they're still going to take some of our guys or get guys that we want with ours. 
Uh, we'll get back into this at 745. Ryan Clark, Oregonian, covers the Timbers and the Ducks. Talk to Ryan Clark of the Oregonian for the Daily Ticker next. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. It is Daily Ticker time here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Excited. For Ryan Clark to join us, he covers the Oregon Ducks in the Big Ten for the Oregonian, also co-host of the Soccer Made in PDX podcast and Ducks Conf- uh, Confidential podcast. Find, uh, find him on Twitter, at Ryan T. Clark. There's an E at the end of that, Clark, by the way. Make sure you give him a follow. He's great. He's covering multiple things here, and he joins us now. Uh, Ryan, good morning. Thanks for hopping on with us. I know it's really early, so I appreciate the time. We were talking about just hiring Nick Saban as a college football czar and saying, hey, man, can you fix this, please? It It's a growing sport and in many ways feels very broken. What, what's your read on college football right now as they're already ex- uh, talking about expansion of a playoff, even though they haven't even started the next expansion of their playoff? Yeah, I mean, college football as an institution is is rapidly changing with so much money going around. And, and you know, a, a positive aspect is that a, a portion of that money is now finally going to the players who have made all of this happen over the last several decades. Um, but it, at the same time, the institution in general is, is in a very strange spot and is in, um, is in peril in some ways. Look, I mean, there are schools that are getting left behind as, as these super conferences get put together. You know, I cover the Oregon Ducks, but you think about what has happened to the Oregon State Beavers and other schools who – you know, if they don't join these special conferences and their alliances and everything else, then, you know, they, they sort of get left behind uh, and left by the wayside. And college football, obviously, is is the driver for revenue for all of these schools, right? It's it's what allows them to, to be profitable or at least break even uh, because of just the, the sheer interest and the money going around there. And right now, like with the expanded playoffs, um, you know, if you're not in that sort of inner circle in one of those elite super conferences, if you will, um, it's it's difficult to get in even with the expansion. And, um, you know, the, the balance in the coming years for college football is going to be about, you know, caring about a quality product that, that keeps tradition at the forefront while also, um, of course, you know, dealing with what is very obviously a profit motive here uh, to, to keep this uh, keep this thing profitable yeah. for, for the people involved. <laughs> it's, a, it's about the almighty dollar at this point and not in the best interest maybe of fans and the sport itself. Uh, you also do the Soccer Made in PDX podcast. I think people were excited that you were going to continue that on even though you're covering, as you mentioned, the Ducks and the Big Ten here. Uh, Timber season's about to kick off. It's a new regime, a new moment. They haven't made the playoffs in two years. How, how are we feeling about the Timbers going into the season? Uh, the Timbers themselves are optimistic. Uh, fans on the outside are, are, I think, warily optimistic, right? The idea um, being that, you know, year in and year out, the, the Timbers talk a lot about, oh, well, you know, I think we were better than our results last year. So so this year is the real test of whether that's true because they've got Phil Neville coming in as the new head coach. Uh, came in under a bit of controversy with uh, the, the fans not necessarily wanting his hire um, due to some, some sexist tweets that he posted 
several years ago. But he, he introduced himself to the community. And, and look, the players uh, around the Timbers organization, when you talk to them and, and even the people that work in the organization, they're excited about this sort of new era. Obviously, several years of, of success under Gio Savarese, but Phil Neville comes in, a few new signings. Uh, Kamal Miller, center back, is somebody that they're excited about. Uh, goalkeeper Maxime Crepeau, who comes to the Timbers by way of LAFC. Um, they're excited about him as well. And then uh, the big hype last few days, particularly at Media Day for the Timbers, was a, a new designated player striker that's on the way for them. Uh, no name yet, but essentially the, the only rumor we've seen uh, has been Jonathan Rodriguez, a, a 30-year-old Uruguayan striker from uh, Club America in Mexico. So a lot of moving parts. Uh, roster has changed a bit from last year, not necessarily as stagnant as maybe the roster has been in previous years. So so they're excited, and look, they want to make the playoffs and, and think that they have the, the guns to do it. Ryan, we- in in watching this, I I was one of those people that was very skeptical about Neville coming in, but he had some decent success with the women's national team in England. Do you think, as things fell apart last season, do you think Neville will be the bigger change for this team, or does it simply break down to the new designated players coming in? Is it more of a player thing? Because look like it sounded like Geo's message kind of was getting lost. Is Neville the right guy to push it, or does this team just really need a roster revamp? Uh, I, I think it's definitely a mix. I think that Neville could be that guy for sure. Um, he has he hasn't had a necessarily a proven track record at, in MLS yet. Obviously, with uh, with Inter Miami, they struggled, and he was he was fired mid season before they eventually brought in Tata Martino to coach uh, coach Inter Miami. And of course, we all know all the other folks that showed up at at Miami with Messi and uh, and his all his buddies down all his there. Pals. <laughs> All of his pals who are, are taking over MLS, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's in part you know how Neville meshes with these guys, how how his system fits the current roster and and the roster that he inherited from Gio Savarese. But I do think that a, a change in personnel was absolutely necessary, and and I think that the Timbers patched up some of those areas. Now um, the DP striker, you know, the the amount of hype around him has been pretty real from the people in the Timbers organization over the last few days, who it ends up being and, and how they end up contributing. We'll see, but, um, but that's the, the biggest change is having a, a lethal goal scorer up top, which has not necessarily been the case over the last couple of years. You pair him with a guy like Evander who they brought in for a club record signing in the midfield. Um, and, and they solidified the back line with Miller and then Crepo and goal. So um if they stay healthy and, and Neville meshes well with this group, yeah, I, I think that they definitely could get into the playoffs and, and make a solid run. But, you know, all the all the chips have to fall a certain way, and in MLS they rarely do. So Ryan Clark is our guest here, Oregonian, OregonLive.com. He covers the Ducks and the Big Ten for the Oregonian. Also still co-hosting the Soccer Made in PDX podcast. Listener and right here, listener of that podcast. And Ducks Confidential podcast as well. Find him on Twitter, at Ryan T. Clark. And, and Ryan, I'll, I'll get you out on this Timbers note. Uh, fan favorites, for me at least, obviously Diego Chara. I hope we build a statue of him outside one day. And I've always been a longtime Eric Williamson fan. Uh, the injuries are obviously a massive concern, especially when you think about his potential for the U.S. national team. Looking at that defensive midfield there, as Chara's getting older and as Williamson is coming off another bad injury, 
where does your faith lie between those two in terms of production? Right. And um, in terms of, you know, how Neville envisions this roster, um, one of his biggest challenges is going to be who to, who to play in central midfield and where to play them. Right. Evander slotted in more as a number 10 as an mm-hmm. attacking midfielder. And that's, that's probably where he's best suited behind an elite striker. Um, but, but he liked to drop back a bit as well. And, and so you think about a guy like Williamson, who's been primarily a defensive midfielder uh, for the Timbers. He, he's talked recently about how Neville has him playing everywhere, basically mm-hmm. up, up and down the field. So, um, that could change game to game for Eric. I think Eric's fully healthy and really excited about this year and, and could be one of Portland's most important players. How he meshes with Char will be interesting. I think that the most likely situation would be him paired with Diego uh, as the sort of six and eight for, for the Timbers um, in the starting lineup. And then you, you think about other players like um, Christian Paredes or, or is going to be in the mix. He was the supporters player mm-hmm. of the year last year. Uh, and started the majority of the games, and he, and he was really productive. Um, and, and David Ajala is coming back from injury, young Argentine player who they're really excited about, but you know didn't get a chance at that last year due to those injuries. So it, it's crowded at the position, but I do think that the Timbers can make it work um, and and have no shortage of talent there. The, the question will obviously be. Is Diego Chara going to continue be to be the ageless wonder that he's been in the last few years? I mean, the guy said he wants to play till he's forty and, and is showing no signs of slowing down. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how all of those players fit together. But I do think that Diego Chara and Eric Williamson are probably the most likely to start in that area of the field. Ryan, we are hoping to get you on more and more as as the year goes on. College football, we know you're covering the Ducks and the Big Ten. Get you out of here on this. Coach, right now, February 22nd, I ask you, Coach, that you're most looking forward to talking to at B- at B1G Media Day is who in football? Wow. Um, I, I would, honestly, <laughs> it, it's funny that, that I would I would pick this given that um, they're the team that I cover, but, you know, I, I'm just excited to meet Dan Lanning. Man. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to, to – seeing behind the curtain there and, and, and sort of getting the, a true picture of the vision that he's got because bring you know, cigars. They, yeah, I'll bring the cigars for sure. Because the, the guy, um, you know, what he's building down in Oregon is, is genuinely exciting. I, I, I'm excited to hear from Ryan day too. I, I think that, you know, Ohio state is, is probably the odds on favorite in the big 10 other than maybe the ducks. Uh, next season and, and to hear from him as the conference changes and these new schools like Oregon, Washington uh, come in and, and want to compete. Uh, and then Michigan, of course, having to, to deal with the uh, post Harbaugh era, like I'm interested to hear what he has to say. So it, it's, it's an exciting time for the ducks, frankly. And I think that going into the big 10, they have a, a real chance to, to compete and potentially win the conference right out of the gate. Yeah, do me a favor, get some water and rub it on Ryan D, uh, Day's beard. We need to get this dye job off of it. That man needs to accept that he's got grays in his hair. It's okay. Uh, Ryan Clark, our guest, OregonLive.com, Oregonian covering the Ducks, Big 10, and of course, still doing Soccer Made in PDX with a Timbers preview as well on Twitter, at Ryan T. Clark. Ryan, thanks for the time, man, this morning. We always appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right, there we go. Ryan Clark, Oregonian, OregonLive.com.
Uh, read a couple thoughts from the Vancouver Ford text line, and the excitement is a buzzing right now. We'll talk about it next on the fan. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where dirt and spray crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at East Moreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. All right. Welcome back in. 751... We have a listener. Wow, Oregon State women's basketball on Tuesday and MLS today. Talk about ratings killers. Yeah, number one morning show in the market, top 15 in the country. Yeah, we know what we're doing. We're okay. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, Just blame me. I, I, I don't need to blame. I would have done that <laughs> if you were not here. I, they're great stories. That damn Harris. Uh, one thought on the college football stuff. One quick and easy way to make a huge difference for the better in college football is to eliminate the early transfer portal window and just tell every single player they have to wait until after spring bowl to transfer. That way, every single school has their coaching situation and draft situation figured out, and everybody is playing with the same talent pool. That's been long talked about. Of, it's could super you, fair. Could you change the window here? Because... That's where coaches are just yeah. getting pissed. It's like, when is this? Can we cut this off at some point? Exactly. I mean, even the NFL, there's a free agent window. Yep. There's a window to franchise tag guys. Then there's the combine. Then there's the draft. European, and it's European soccer is buku buku dollars. Yeah, there's, there's transfer, transfer windows. windows. There's two per year, two or three. I can't. I know there's, there's two. two. Um, but yeah, if you then open the transfer portal once the national championship is now played i think it's january 20th or something now so most of all the other coaching situations have been handled mm. and you open it up there uh for i don't know how many days it needs to be open 30 45 whatever it is but then people can settle down after the heat of a season and i didn't play and blah 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 blah, blah and and people quit making emotional decisions based on the right in the situation and they got a chance to get more information and then go about it. But I think some structure, it's the same thing with the NIL. All they want is some structure and they want consistency and they want uniform protocols that every school will abide by, no matter what state you're in, no matter if you're public or private, here's how we're going to do it. And just, then everybody can play by the same rules. Well, I think that's ultimately maybe your biggest challenge in that sport is you're not. I mean, Quinn Ewers is a good example of this. The quarterback at Texas, he went to Ohio State first. Mm -hmm. He went to Ohio State because he could make the money. He wasn't allowed to do that at Texas, so he early enrolls. He goes to Ohio State just for the paycheck. I don't care what anybody tells you. That was just to go get the million-dollar deal. And then he went to the school he wanted to go to in Texas, but he had to wait that year. So Mm -hmm. you're already dealing with different state laws, collectives boy who's the first one that gets in a serious tax nightmare well conference conference games like pac 12 had to play nine sec's playing eight like you this is my point on leadership you you cannot even agree on the most basic of things and you're all trying to go in the same direction while two people are trying to go in their own direction it's just it's a very messy thing somebody had chimed in and said if this was southern radio people would be pleasuring themselves to what we were saying (laughs) 
You're damn right, fine bomb. Oh, there's that Apple Vision You're Pro right there, right. baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, Can you split on. screen it, porn <laughs> on one side, SEC championship on the other? Uh, somebody said, uh, I think college football is heading in the right direction. They're taking an S path through it, though. They need to stop with the conference thought and move now to football being its own thing and allowing <clears throat> the remaining sports to be the conferences. There is way too much focus on conferences. Ditch that. The picture becomes a lot clearer. I saw yesterday Florida women's lacrosse, which is not a sport many of you probably think about. They're not in the SEC. They're competing in a different conference for women's lacrosse. Yeah, probably because there's not enough SEC teams playing lacrosse. This is what I was saying yesterday. Yeah. Like, you guys, you know what you're doing. So just go do it. You know, like, why, why all this pomp and circumstance? They like to drag their feet. Yeah, they like, like to drag this like, out. Why are we, like, trying well, the to act is, like is... we're good guys? You killed a conference. Yeah. yeah. You killed a conference. You're about to kill another yeah. one. You are so bloodthirsty that just go. Swag, you share the final thought. Well, the problem is, whose call is it to finally go and cut football loose? Uh, I, I I don't know. Is this, that a network conference commissioner? I have thing? no idea. I, I don't know if is. there's legal I mean, things. If they, if you divorce yourself from the NCAA, yeah. what happens? You what you have to like do? A buyout almost. I, I I don't I don't know. Yeah. And that's part of the problem of not having consolidated leadership. Whose call is it? That is it. Is it ESPN and Fox if they just go here? Let's just go do our own thing. Well, they helped get us here. But if you do that and you take it out of the realm of the NCAA, now are the players actually employees? Do you have to negotiate a union? All that sort of stuff. Where under the NCAA, they're student athletes, so we don't have to negotiate that. I, I know ultimately a lot of fans in our area are fans of teams that are really good in this sport. I think. Um, there are some people that live in the world of like, just go win a national championship. That's all I care about at this point. That's fine. You care about that. At some point, you will miss what this was. You will. You just will. Your whole life has been connected to these matchups and these rivalries and the pageantry of it. And you're never going to capture that against Maryland. No. You're n even Penn State, it's a good team. It's a good game. The wideout against Iowa was rad. Like when when you when you get there and it's the white out on a Saturday night, <clears throat> Iowa rolls in. You're like, this is gorgeous, and they beat them thirty one zero. And Iowa sucks, and Penn State can't beat anybody of actual value. Well, Penn State's got their own problems. They're trying to name their field Joe Paterno <clears throat> Stadium or whatever, and it's like, yeah, you have fun with that, you disgusting <clears throat> sick sobs. Uh, all right, coming up next, we have a loaded final hour. Ken Barkley's going to kick it off. You better you bet our BetQL Odyssey Gambling Insider. Get his read on the college basketball tournament around the corner. MLB futures, college football futures. Ken Barkley is next. Hour number three, Dirt and Sprague on the fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's after investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. 
Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.